0: Romans chapter 8, and last week we did talk a little bit about critical race theory as it relates to Romans chapter 7. We basically said, you know, the very thing that we try not to do, we end up doing because the law kind of always keeps reflecting on that. By the way, has, has anybody tried um, dieting or losing weight before? Anybody have tried that? Um, sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. I'll, I'll tell you a little, a little, a little tip though. Don't be thinking about all the things you can't do anymore. I've got to give up my coffee. I've got to give up my cookies and my sugar. I've got to give up soda. Because the very thing you don't want to do, the law that you set up for yourself, like you're not going to do that, compels you to do the very thing. That's right. So instead, you want to say, I want to get healthy. And you're going to start living uh, and eating in the way and exercising to get healthy, and that will sustain you it's a principle, but it is also biblical. Um, and so I encourage you, this is, this is what he's saying. Sin itself will create death, right? So if we try to just live for our flesh and, and we know that the original sin that Adam and Eve committed uh, allowed us to just, to, if we're living for a self, selfishly, our flesh will cause us to sin. Sin leads to death always. Then we have the law. The law was good, by the way. Jesus said the law is good, but the law is imperfect because the law itself is only there to judge us, to tell us when we're doing something wrong. This is why Romans 8 is beautiful because it's not sin, it's not the law, but it's the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Christ who dwells inside of us as those who have given their life to Jesus. I'm mindful people maybe here or online who haven't done that yet, but this is why you can't just be a good person and expect to live the life that God has expected, is, is wanting for you. You actually have to invite Christ into your life, which then His Holy Spirit indwells you. Here we go. Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We know that verse, right? And for the, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus. From the law of sin and death, here we go, the law condemns us. But now he's saying, in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. No condemnation. You are no longer judged by the law. You're judged by knowing Jesus. So when you meet God and you face that judgment of that final judgment of God, Jesus is saying, no, no, he's with me. Look at my life and and. and He's going to judge us by what Jesus has done, which is he's the perfect one. And so, so he's saying, no, 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 you're not condemned by, um, by that anymore. Jesus now represents you. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son, Jesus, in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, so he, Jesus never sinned. He was perfect, he was, that's why it worked. It was a perfect sacrifice. But in the likeness of flesh, meaning he came as a human being, having faced all temptations like humans faced, but did not sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be f- f- fulfilled in us for the mind that is set only on the flesh is hostile to, towards God for it does not submit to the law God's law indeed it cannot those who are in the flesh cannot please God lot of flesh sin can't please God in the flesh not on the flesh basically this if you're living for yourself it's impossible to please God if you're living your life apart from Christ it's impossible to Please, God, because your flesh will always drive you to do sinful things. It's the nature that's within us. It's sin that's within us. But then he's saying there was a perfect one. Remember, in Old Testament, there had to be a perfect sacrifice to make the atonement, to make people right with God. It was a priest who would uh, bring the sacrifice before God. It would be the perfect bull or the perfect lamb. And here he's saying, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for all of humanity to set us free. That we can live with peace and freedom. Did anybody say amen on that one? Amen. With peace and freedom. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but are in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Interesting. This is why when people say, well, well, they're good people, therefore, they're going to go to heaven. It's saying that we're only known by the spirit of Christ that dwells inside of us. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I love going back to this verse when we talk about the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells inside of each one of you powerful. The same Spirit, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, by the way. When you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes, dwells inside of you. We say Jesus living in our heart. It's really not little baby Jesus living in our heart. It's actually the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of us. Gentle. We can choose to say, kick, kick the Holy Spirit out, but, but we choose to submit our life to the presence of God, which is the Holy Spirit in our life, And the Holy Spirit then allows us to overcome our fleshly desires, allows us, instead of being judged by the law, to fulfill the law. In other words, we can do all the things that the law says because the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. I want to be clear. Last week, we somehow maybe thought that the law was bad. The law was good and still is good. when I say the law, it's not just the laws of the land. I'm talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about the... Laws that God gave his chosen people. But we can just go there. We can start on the Ten Commandments, right? Crazy part of that, all the Ten Commandments can be removed from our places of our schools, our courthouses, so on and so forth. I don't even know if people can remember what the Ten Commandments are anymore, which generations before us would like, here they are. But don't steal, don't covet, don't lie. Don't commit murder, don't have an affair. Well, Actually, they don't say that, but what does it say? Adultery, there you go. Um, So on and so forth. It's good, but we don't have the power on our own to be able to live up to those standards. But when we have the Holy Spirit in us, we have the ability and we have the power and we have the strength. That's why later on in Scripture when he says, even if you have hate in your heart, it's like committing murder. And really what he's saying is we live in a different realm. We live in a different place of power because the same spirit who rose Christ from the dead dwells inside of you. That's why we believe that Jesus still heals today. That's why we believe that Jesus still, can still do the miracles today Amen. through us. It's not us who are doing it. It's the spirit of Christ in us that's doing the, that work. By the way, when you, we pray at the end of services for you, our prayer team realizes that. So if you have a sickness in your body, if you have um, disease, if you have depression, if you have these things come with an anticipation that the Spirit of God is going to minister to you, it's not the people that are standing up here, by the way, it's the Spirit of Christ that's inside of them. All right. So then, brothers, verse 12, So then, brothers, we are doers, sorry, we're debtors not to the flesh. In other words, we don't owe the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So again, here's what he's saying is, is you are going to overcome the things that want to kill you in your body, the sinful desires, the lusts of the flesh that want to bring death and take away your freedom. And he says, when you live in Christ and the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, you will live, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons, and I'm gonna say daughters of God. Back in the day when Paul was writing this letter to the Romans, he was uh, writing it to a very uh, patriarchal society. So he'd be writing to the guys uh, who would be the educated ones at that time. So it's no slight to any of the women. Women, all flesh, um, are in this. So all people, young, old, men, women. So the Spirit um, of God are sons of God and daughters. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear... Listen to that. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery. That's what sin does. It enslaves you. So he's saying, you, that's not the spirit you're living for anymore, the spirit of your flesh that enslaves you. Instead, you're living for the spirit of Christ that sets you free and gives you peace. And you've received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Father. This part is so, so important because we understand sometimes we think of God out there and somehow it's like, God's not really interested in my life. Like he has enough bigger things to worry about than my life. I've heard people say that, but he's saying Abba, Father. Abba really means daddy, daddy, father. In other words, that relationship that he wants to have with us through Christ Jesus, who puts his spirit in us is now calling us sons and daughters, heirs, which means you get everything that is of God's, right? That's what an heir does. And he's saying, I'm also calling you a son and a daughter. Wow. And he says, I want to be your daddy. Who's your daddy? <laughs> God's your daddy. No, he's, he's, he's your dad, right? He wants to have that relationship with you in such a way And by the way, I said, who's that daddy for those young people sitting right over there? Because they were going to be in service. They didn't want to go to kids' church. I said, I'm going to help you find something that was a little bit funny for you. So I did that for them. All right. Just looking after you people out there. I'm just looking after you. All right. Verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay, did you get that? Holy Spirit dwells inside of us, works with our spirit. And, and begins to identify us as children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and follower and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. OK, we don't like that verse. We want to take that one out of the Bible. It says, "Provided we suffer like Jesus suffered." Wait a second. He, we're just talking about peace and freedom here. Heirs of the most high God. Sons and daughters. That's the thing we want to go with that victory chant on. Like, woo! We're going to have that amazing life now. And then it goes into, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Can I just tell you what? This, <laughs> this is a reality. When you come to Christ, you are marked as a follower, son and daughter of, of God, But here's the reality of it. Life still happens. And life is hard. And when you follow Jesus, it doesn't mean that that everything's going to go perfect. It means that he's with you while things are going bad. (laughs) It means that he's going to be your provider and your protector and your comforter when you need comfort. And when you need provision, he'll be there for you. But, but in many ways, you're going to feel the suffering of life because life can be hard. But, but when you suffer in the way that Jesus suffered, you'll also be glorified in the way that Jesus was glorified. A new body. Eternity close with your Father in heaven. So in verse 18, now we're going to be talking about our future glory. This is what we're going to set our hope to. So not only do we set our eyes on this life, realizing that as believers, we're going to live in the spirit. We're not going to live for the flesh. We have the power to overcome because the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead now dwells inside of us. And if you just got nothing else today, think on that for a moment. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells inside inside of us. The next time you, yeah, come on, come on. It's like, oh, wow. I think that's why our bodies are called the temple of God. You know, when I do a little workout, I I just said, I'm looking after the temple, you know, making sure God's temple just keeps keeps looking good. (laughs) All right. Enough of that nonsense, Mark. Get back to the scripture here. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits eager, with eager longing for the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, Jesus, in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage um, to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. There's two things that are going on here. One is when we come to Christ, our job now is to listen to the Spirit of God, right? We're going to live for Him, not trying to just do the right thing. The law just tells us to do the right thing, we're going to live for him, listening to the spirit of God's small, still small voice inside of us, propelling us to bring whatever's in heaven here to earth. Jesus' prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. But there is a future glory awaiting for us. I think sometimes we, there's two ways we can do it. We can just be all focused on the world and forget the glory that's awaiting us. Or just all focused on the glory awaiting us and then not concerned about the world. But I think the combination is we need to care about this world. We need to see his kingdom be established here on this earth. But also wait, when life gets tough, we realize this is not all we're living for. We have a future glory and we have a future hope. For we know, verse 22, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we eagerly await for adoptions of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is no hope, for who hopes in what is he sees? but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Again, all he's saying right here is he's saying that, that our spirit groans inwardly. In other words, when, when life gets hard, right? You've been there. I was talking to somebody before service and, and they're just broken. And tears are coming down his eyes, and he's just feeling so broken. And 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 I could just tell that's the his spirit is just groaning on the inside. Life is hard. Life is hard. But we have something to eagerly await for. And hope is not hope if you see it. So, in other words, it's not there yet. So, some of you who are not feeling very hopeful right now realize that you can have hope. It's not seen yet, it's coming. Hope is coming. But we've got to be patient. Amen. That's right. We've got to be patient. Verse 26, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes uh, for us with groans too deep for words. Now, if you come from a Pentecostal background, that we would use that verse to talk about our prayer language sometimes, or the Holy Spirit praying through us, speaking in tongues. And I'm not so sure if that's what that means, but we do know this that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit is an advocate. He, he makes a way for us. Not only does he help us in our weakness. He makes a way for us. He's always talking to Jesus about us. He's always saying, we got their back. We need help over here. We got a future over here. I'm helping them here. Jesus and the spirit inside of us is interceding for us. Isn't that hopeful? You are not alone. (laughs) In your dark times, you have the spirit of Christ dwelling inside of you, the Holy Spirit inside of you. And he is interceding on your behalf. Verse 27, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And isn't that also interesting? He intercedes according to the will. So it's like to the will of God. It's almost like he's getting, God, what does Bobby need right now? And God says, Bobby needs just my comfort right now. Holy Spirit goes, God, I am, I am on that. God, I'm just praying right now for Bobby. Bobby, Bobby's gonna need comfort. I'm here to comfort him, God. I'm here, I'm interceding. And, and it's like this connection is so beautiful. And I think it, we miss it if we think of God out there somewhere, or if we just think about, I just gotta get through life to like for some future heaven out there. But this relationship where this, this beautiful relationship is taking place where abba father your daddy is beginning to talk to the spirit of holy spirit that dwells inside of you the same spirit that rose christ from the dead inside of you and this holy spirit is your biggest champion on the inside getting you through life oh praise god is right <laughs> it's so good I told you there's a lot of stuff in here though. I'm just like giving you like the cliff notes, high level. All right. Romans 828, another one that we quote often. And we know that for and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who called according to his purpose, for those Oh, let's let's start there. Stop there because we're gonna go into a new topic for a second. All things work together for good. Can you say all things? All things. Not some things. That's right. All things. All things. Right. all things work together for good. When you get into trouble, when you get into like chaos is happening in my life right now, God's gonna Yeah, the Holy Spirit interceding for you. Right. God's working on your behalf. The Holy Spirit's championing you on the inside and all things will work out. All things will work together, good and bad, together. All things will work together for good to those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't know how people do it without Jesus. They don't have the Holy Spirit interceding for them. They don't have the champion to get through life. They don't have the comforter, the provider. Okay, the other part of that verse, all things are worked together for good to those who are in Christ Jesus, but then he says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of the Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. All right, some some language in here we need to talk about. So predestination, we're going there. So I think sometimes people would say, there's a different thought on it. There's one thought that says predestination means God already has predestined who is going to come to Christ. And therefore, because he's been predestined, why do we go share our faith with others? Because God already knows who's going to come to him anyways. Uh, They've been predestined. And so some are in, some are out. I don't, I don't buy that one. I'm just telling you another side. Some people say it. I don't believe that's what it says. I think it says he has a predestiny. He has a predestiny. In other words, see, God doesn't work through time. He, he sees the beginning from the end. And he's saying, I have a destiny for each person. To come to become the image of Jesus Christ. So, in other words, to come to know Jesus. His destiny for every single person. And why do I think that? Because I believe in in this scripture right here. In 2 Peter 3.9 says this. For the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. Some count slowness but is patient toward you, not wishing that any, can you say any? any? Not wishing that any would perish. So God's heart is that none should perish, and his destiny for each person is to come into the knowledge of who Jesus is and become like Jesus, take on his character, take on the image of Christ. So that's why we, it's important to share your faith. It's important to let people know who Jesus is. All right, we tackled that one. All right, but then he says, for those who predestined, who had a predestiny, he also called, and those he called, he also justified. Remember that justification message? That was like a typewriter. <laughs> ding, made right. It's only Jesus who makes us right. And those, who, those he's justified, he's also glorified. And we'll get our new body. We'll get um, our full glorification when we meet Jesus face to face. We're coming to the end of this section. Here we go. This is where we get ramped up pretty uh, powerfully here. What then shall we say to these things? Question mark. If God is for us, then who can be against us? Come on. Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, Jesus, for for us all. How will he not, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? What? Did he just say he'll graciously give us all things? Oof. All right, we're going there. Here we go. We're still on our track here. I'm being overwhelmed by this Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? By the way, you're God's elect. Just say, I'm God's elect. I'm God's elect. elect. This is powerful stuff. It, It is God who justifies. Who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died. In other words, you're not under that condemnation. The law can't judge you anymore. Your sin doesn't condemn you anymore. With Christ Jesus you are sons and daughters you have the holy spirit interceding for you you are now identified you're made right before god Who is there who who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised who is at the right hand of god who indeed is interceding for us not only do you have the holy spirit interceding for you but you have the jesus who's now currently sitting on the right hand of the father he's interceding for you who shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation shall distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it's written For your sake, we're being killed uh, all day long. We were regarded as sheep to the slaughter. Uh, He's quoting actually Psalm 44 verse 22 there. Interestingly enough, Paul's quoting a psalm. And basically he's saying, you know what? You could feel like you're just being like a sheep led to a slaughter. Have you ever been there before? It's just like life is so hard. I feel like I'm just being dragged along by life. And I just feel like... How am I going to get through? I just want to remind you with this next line right here. You might feel that way. But verse 37 says, No. In all things, we are more than conquerors through him who love us. You are more than conquerors. You do not have to go through... you, You do not have to go through the muck and mire of life thinking that this is all that you have. Christ has set you above your circumstance. Christ, Jesus Christ, has set you above your difficulty. Jesus Christ has set you above people's accusations. Jesus Christ has set you above the hardship you're facing. Because we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor everything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Woo! Drop the mic. Drop the mic right there. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Drop the mic. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Now, somebody would, uh, let me go here for a second in closing. One it says, people will use this verse to say, that means I can just go live my life the, I want, the way I want, once saved, always saved. And, and I can just kind of live how I want and God's love will just make everything right. It, it's, it is a two-way street. God's love is never ending for you. But we can choose to turn our back on God. We can choose to walk our own way. We can choose to live for our flesh and reject the spirit of God inside of us who's interceding on our behalf. We can choose to say, God, you know what? I just really want to live my life. And God, he's so gracious. He doesn't force himself upon us. He says, you are free to live as you wish, but my heart is I want to be your father. My heart is I want my spirit to help you to become more than conquerors, to help you to become like Jesus. But what he wants us to get here is, I know life can feel hard sometimes, but let me just read this again. In all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, God who loved us, Jesus who loved us, the Holy Spirit who loves us, not past, current. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, high things, right? Governmental things. Nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers. He's basically trying to like all these things. Nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So lastly, you need to just know this, that the way that we can experience God's love is through Christ Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus... I want to invite you to say right at this moment, Jesus, I want to invite you into my life. Thank you for going to the cross for my sin. That's what Jesus' work on the cross was about, to reconcile us to our Father in heaven who loves us. And then we move into a time of baptism, which is what we're celebrating today, the water baptism, which means I've already given my life to Jesus, but now I wanna tell the world what that means to me. And what it means is we are dying to our own selfishness. We are dying to our old ways. That is a symbol of us going under the water. And when we come up out of the water, we are telling the world that we're living for Jesus and we're a new creation that the Spirit of God who dwells inside of us, we submit to that. And we live for His Spirit, not living for our flesh, not living for the law, but living for the Spirit of Christ inside of us, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. And then we get to call our Father in heaven, Abba, Father, Daddy. And the Spirit of God is interceding for us And Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. They are your biggest fans and biggest champion. They want to help you become more than conquerors. More than conquerors. So the next time you begin to say, because life can get you distracted. You can begin to forget what is the truth of God's word in here. And and when life gets you distracted and, and hardship comes and you start focusing on on the hardship, or you start kind of like distancing from God, but you want to still do what's right, and so you become legalistic. All legalism is, is you want to do what's right without a relationship with God. And then you make everybody else around you feel horrible about it. <laughs> but God is saying, you don't have to have, live for your flesh. You don't have to live for your law. You, you live by the Spirit of God that dwells inside of you. And then you realize it doesn't matter what life is throwing your way, you are more than conquerors. And you need to remind yourself when, when, when life is giving you lemons, yes, you make lemonade, but you actually say, no, 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 I, I'm, a, I'm more than a conqueror. I rise above those circumstances. And know that the Spirit of God is working in and through me, and Jesus is interceding for me. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today, and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in and maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We wanna say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.